1: You'll be glad you joined us today because we're going to talk about another early football team from Philadelphia that helped comprise the three-team league of the original National Football League. It's the Philadelphia Athletics football team sponsored by the Philadelphia Athletics baseball team and owner Ben Scheib. Their story's coming up in just a moment.
0: This is the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch, a podcast that covers the anniversaries of American football events throughout history on a day-to-day basis. Your host, Darren Hayes
1: hello my football friends this is darren hayes of Pigskindispatch.com. welcome once again to the pig pen your portal to positive football history and we're really going to go back in football history now and we're going to go back again in the early 20th century the first couple years even to 1902 and look at the professional football team called the philadelphia athletics well our last look at early professional football teams focused on the Philadelphia Phillies, a rival to the Athletics. And in this this edition, we will look at one that could be considered the arch rival, Philadelphia Athletics grid on your team. Both squads shared a similar origin, sprouting from the Philadelphia Athletic Club in 1901. The group was more widely recognized around eastern Pennsylvania as the Philadelphia Professionals or Philadelphia Pros were the athletic club uh, from uh, 1901, just for short. And the Pros were the first entirely professionally paid football roster in the Philadelphia area. Penn graduate Wilson Wright was the team's chief financial backer and manager, and one of Wright's first moves was to bring in an experienced football man to help organize a team, and that would be former Penn Quaker captain Blondie Wallace as the person of choice. Well, we talked about that team and we talked about how uh, most of that team went on to become the Philadelphia Phillies, but not Blondie Wallace. He's the key component here. We also discussed the heated rivalry in baseball's leagues uh, between the American League and the National League, and it spilled over into the pro gridiron genre as well. Remember, there was no organized league of professional football, and baseball was still in its infancy as those leagues uh, were vying for for power there. Uh, With the owners of the two Philadelphia-based hardball franchises at the team, the Philadelphia Athletics and the Philadelphia Phillies. Now, Ben Scheib was the A's owner and he asked his baseball team skipper, the legendary Connie Mack, to recruit Blondie Wallace from the Philadelphia Athletics football team to build a roster of paid football stars that would not only compete against the Phillies team of rival owner John I. Rogers that was put together uh, from m- the majority of the Philadelphia Athletic Club team, but against the team from Pittsburgh as well as the three teams would form a league called the National Football League. Now, that was 20 years before, 18 years really, before the National Football League as we know it was comprised, which was the APFA in 1920, 1921, 1922. They changed their name to the National Football League. No connection whatsoever. These, it was only these three teams that only lasted for one year. Now, Blondie Wallace recruited some of the most outstanding players to his team from everywhere around. Former Carlisle Indian left tackle Holly Pierce Uh, The brother of Bemis Pierce, if you remember, uh, was joined by Left End Sims and sometimes a guy named Bader at Left End. You're going to see why we had some changes there. Because Holly Pierce got injured early on in the season with a very severe head injury. Uh, Some of the newspaper articles I was reading said that he had to go to the doctor to have a surgical procedure to, to help him and patch him back together. Uh, Luckily enough for us, for the football historians, he was able to play football again. But you don't see much of him playing uh, the rest of that season, at least for the Philadelphia Athletics. At the right end was a guy named Marion. Left guard was McFarland. And Pop Sweet uh, was at center. Those two gentlemen, we believe, came from the Washington Jefferson uh, College. Uh, Kingdon was the right guard. And Captain Blondie Wallace playing the right tackle position. The quarterback was Earl Hewitt from Penn State. And the rest of the backfield was comprised of a man we named as Bader. Uh, A McNulty came in later in the season and gave him some good snaps as a back. A, A man named Reeder. And Bull Davidson was the fullback. The Athletics were going to have a final overall record of a great record of 10-2-2. And, and with it being disputedly the claim that they were the world champions, as they posted a 3-2-1 National Football League mark, that original National Football League. However, it doesn't even appear that they won their three-team league. Because statistically, the Athletics and the Pittsburgh Stars were the top two teams of this original NFL. And as was chosen at the beginning of the year and decided, the two top teams between the three would play in a championship game. Well, they did play the Athletics and the Pittsburgh Stars, a game that would decide a champion on November 27th. Well, the game ended in a scoreless tie, but was uh, not enough of a resolution. So Wallace and company wanted to play the following week again in Pittsburgh, against the Stars to crown a champion. Pittsburgh Stars won this meeting handily the second time, 11 to nothing, and Commissioner Dave Barry of Pittsburgh announced the Stars were the world champions. The Athletics, rather than concede their rights to the title, uh, is, as I said, would on to say they were the champs. And actually, the Professional Football Research Association's uh, magazine, The Coffin Corner, back in the 1980s, and I believe again was published in 2003, said this, quote, After a while, the A's players decided that maybe the Saturday game with the Stars could be explained away as an exhibition. Maybe it didn't count. And they were the champs. Eventually, they convinced themselves and enough other people that their yarn even found its way into a few record books, end quote. So, in essence, what they were saying, that first championship game on November 27th ended in a tie. That was, that, that was the game they tied and statistically, they felt they were better. But the Athletics wanted to play that second game with the Stars. So after they lost that, they started going around telling everybody, oh, that was just an exhibition game. That, you know, don't look behind the curtain at that man. You know, those kind of things. Uh, but it did. Uh, that's what it was counted for. And But they uh, spun so much of that into a fabricated story that uh, some people still believe that the Athletics should be the champions. But it looks like all appearances and even the PFRA uh correspondences agree that the pittsburgh stars were probably the champions of that 1902 season in other words the sour grapes of the second place team that we know for sure because on december 6 1902 the athletics played a rubber match third game against the crosstown phillies and they won that game 17 to 6 so that sort of locked up second place for them in the, two, in the second place in a three-team league and the story of the athletics is only partially complete Later on in December of 1902, the team was invited to compete in an indoor World Series of Football Tournament at Madison Square Gardens. We've talked about this on some other episodes. It was the concept of Tom O'Rourke, the manager of Madison Square Gardens venue, who was looking for an attraction during the holidays to sell some tickets, put some fannies in a seat. Now, though he could not get a full team of the now disbanded National Football League, he did go to the Pittsburgh Stars, Philadelphia Athletics, and the Philadelphia Phillies. None of them would go in as a full team, but he did course some of the players from the Phillies and the athletics to play together and form one team, which they called the New York team. It was going to be a team that the the local New Yorkers wouldn't be able to root for. They were after all putting the, the best professional players in the world all on one team. Wallace of the Athletics and Roller of the Phillies joined forces along with some of their former teammates in what looked many to be the appearances of the old 1901 Philadelphia Athletic Club reunion. Uh, The New York Philadelphians, as they were referred to team, was the hands-on favorite to win this tournament, uh, but they were upended by the Syracuse Athletic Club, and that sort of spoiled the party and ended the Philadelphia Athletics and the Philadelphia Phillies playing together as a professional football teams and we will get into the story next time on the Syracuse Athletic Club that beat this uh sort of all-star Philadelphia team Uh, when we talk about the Watertown Red Blacks uh, 11 who was sort of that fourth team that many consider to be uh maybe the top team Uh, and claims to the top team in 1902 of professional football. So we'll come to that next week as our look at early football teams continues here at Pigskin Dispatch. But don't worry, we have plenty of other podcasts we're going to be bringing you coming out new. Uh, You know, every Tuesday we're talking with our great friend and historian, Tim Brown of footballarchaeology.com, who's going to bring us some great more insights uh, from his website on some football history that's unique. Uh, We have some authors coming up. And we're going to have our Football History Rewind a segment or two this week as well for you to look forward to as we go through football year by year. And uh, you can certainly look forward to that. And don't worry, we have thousands of, uh, and I'm talking thousands of episodes that you can go back and refer to. Uh, as your favorite podcast provider or go to pigskindispatch.com and up at the top there is see all of our podcast link and go there and check out uh, all of our podcasts that we've had uh, throughout the years and uh, of course sports history, history network.com is another great way to find those so till tomorrow everybody have a great great Iron day that's all the football history we have today folks join us back tomorrow for more of your football history
0: on your favorite podcast provider multiple times each week. So remember that Darren Hayes, the host of the Pigskin Dispatch and Jersey Dispatch Podcast. It's found right here on the Sports History Network.